Welcome in, folks, to another episode of Rams Edge. I'm your host, Jake Ellenbogen, coming to you live from the Call-In app, exclusively on Call-In, episode 20, and we are going to be talking about Matthew Stafford. And I understand, obviously, you know, the season is approaching, we're going to have training camp soon and all that, and you're like, okay, well, you're talking about, you know, Matthew Stafford, you're talking about a quarterback, like, of course, the biggest thing that you could talk about, but... I really did have this question. I really can't understand how a guy who, you know, put up the stats he did in Detroit and then on top of that went to a brand new team and year one, he throws for, if you're including all 21 games that he played, he throws for 6,000 yards, 50 touchdowns. He's the first quarterback to ever do that. He throws three touchdowns in the Super Bowl, two interceptions, which really neither were his fault, and wins the Super Bowl. And he's the only quarterback in NFL history to win a Super Bowl, throwing three touchdowns, and not win the Super Bowl MVP. How is this guy still underrated? How do people not have him in their top five yet? Like, that's what I don't understand. Like, what is keeping this guy so underrated? You know, by he's not an, an over, like, that's the thing. He's not an over-the-top guy. He doesn't have a big personality. He's not obnoxious. Like, why do people hate on this guy so much? The whole stat pad for thing. Like, what what is that all about? So, it, it's, it's a re- really weird thing. I understand, yeah, he had Calvin Johnson, and people have used that against him going back to his days with the Lions. And sure, Marvin Jones, pretty good receiver in his own right. Kenny Galladay went healthy, yes. He had Golden Tate, okay. You know, but why is it that only him, only Stafford, where you can win a Super Bowl the first year with a new team, and people are still ranking you outside the top 10, which according to the, the recent ESPN ranking, he's outside the top 10 for the lowest uh, person that ranked. Like, that's what I don't understand. It's probably the same person that put Jalen Ramsey at eight for corners, uh, which I, I just don't get. But it's really interesting to me. So, you know, I am I really don't know what to, to say anymore because I'm like, I guess Matthew Stafford has to go out and win back-to-back Super Bowls. Literally the two years he's not on the Lions. Like, he wins a... You know what I mean? Like, I don't really know what to say anymore. Um, so it, it's really interesting. I'm hoping, you know, I'll get some callers in here. Um, you guys are more than welcome to call in. And I want to get people's thoughts. But it just seems weird to me. Uh, I, I don't know if he's the youngest. He's one of the youngest to ever throw for 50,000 yards at the quarterback position. Um, He has done so much with not a lot around him. I understand the talent was there at the receiver spot, but, you know, the offensive line wasn't tip-top. And the guy's like 9-1 when he, you know, has a 100-yard rusher in a game, which he never really does. Even with the Rams. You want to talk about, you know, what he did with the Rams. He did that with the 24th-ranked, rushing attack think about that so that's 
that's something that like I'm just genuinely confused with because it just seems like people aren't giving this guy enough credit. And I feel like if he was on the Dallas Cowboys or, you know, if he was on the Patriots or, you know, he was with the Seattle Seahawks or like maybe he'd get more credit. But I I don't know why I even have to say that because the Rams are in one of the biggest markets you could be in in L.A. They just won the Super Bowl. But it's just really bizarre how we still have people ranking Stafford like outside of the top 10 at his position. Um, I, I just don't get it. Now, there's a lot of talent in the NFL. So I'm not going to hate on you if you think that Patrick Mahomes is better than him or Rodgers or Josh Allen. Like, fine. But, like, why is Joe Burrow being ranked ahead of Matthew Stafford based on his second year? I mean, that that's the thing. I think the biggest thing that people hold against Stafford is the interceptions. But in reality, when you look at it, the interceptions weren't that bad. They still won the damn Super Bowl. And furthermore, when they were in the Super Bowl, because we always talk about, well, this guy's great in the regular season, but he's not that great in the postseason. And now here he is, Matthew Stafford. First off, his first ever postseason game, they lost 45-28, to the Lions did, to the Saints. Because Stafford scored four touchdowns, and the defense gave up 45 points. Somehow that's on Stafford. I don't know. But, you know, it's generally interesting in in that regard. Um, You know, I I don't really know why it's like this guy can do no right. Now, that's not to say people don't like him, because there are plenty of people out there that side with him. There are people like me that defend him. But it's just really interesting to me. Like, why is he so underrated? You know? So that was really the the topic I had for today. And I I wanted to discuss because it's just gotten to the point where I'm like, I I don't have any answers. This guy in the Super Bowl with OBJ out, Robert Woods out, Van Jefferson playing hurt, Daryl Henderson playing hurt, Cam Akers coming back off a torn Achilles. The same season, I might add. Tyler Higby out, his second string tight end getting hurt at the beginning of the game. I mean, the I think there was, what, 21 rushing yards on the game? Like, they had no run, rushing attack whatsoever. And he leads them down the field, and he wins the Super Bowl. Now, Cooper Cup was a big part of that. But Stafford, what he was able to do in the Super Bowl is just not credited enough. Like, this guy threw three touchdowns, and all anybody wants to talk about is the two interceptions he threw. The haters, of course. Obviously, the... The people that really watch the Rams know, but it, it's kind of like the whole three-game losing streak. People just never got over that, and they didn't get over the fact that you know Stafford was really – he was just dominant in, in the postseason. Uh, you know, he had, what, two picks, um, 10 touchdowns or whatever. I mean, the guy was fantastic. It's exactly what the Rams needed. Um, and, and I just – I don't really get it because – I think a lot of it, you have these sportscasters out there who refuse to admit when they're wrong. But now it's just getting like to be pathetic. I mean, you were wrong about Stafford. We told you, the, the, you know, the people that defend Stafford, we told you straight up, if Stafford went to another team where he had an offensive line, he had a defense, didn't give up 45 points in his first ever 
you know, playoff game. And he had enough weapons and good coaching. If he had all of that, this guy could be special. And as far as I'm concerned, last year was pretty special. Nothing like just jumping into an offense you have you don't know. Jumping onto a team after you've played in one location for 10 plus years. And now you're like, yeah, let's do this. And okay, first year, you know, maybe you make the playoffs. Maybe you, you get to the divisional round. Maybe you get to the NFC title game. Nope, they won the Super Bowl. And this is somebody who just led the Rams to their second Super Bowl in their history, second Super Bowl win. They have four total titles if you include the NFL title, uh, the NFL championships back in 45 and 51. But that does, shouldn't that count for something? I mean, I don't care how good Aaron Donald is. I don't care how good Jalen Ramsey is. I don't care how good the defense is. I don't think Jared Goff wins that Super Bowl against the Bengals. I don't think many quarterbacks in this league win that Super Bowl against the Bengals. Everything was going wrong. And we've seen it before. Just go back to the 43-8 to Seattle Seahawks Super Bowl win over the Broncos. We've seen it. Things snowball. And they're magnified on the big stage. So to all of a sudden have everything go wrong you have the interception at the end of the first half you have the horrible missed face mask by t higgins that breaks him wide open goes for like 80 yards then on top of that so you take the lead and then on top of that you get an interception off a tipped ball i mean stafford threw the ball right to skronic and he flipped it up like most quarterbacks would have been just dead in the water most teams would have been dead in the water. But nope. Stafford wasn't. He continued to, to come back. He was throwing to third string tight end, Bryson Hopkins. He was throwing to injured, you know, guy dealing with a, you know, a high ankle sprain, Daryl Henderson, trying to get to Cooper Cup, trying to get to Skoranek, trying to get to Van Jefferson, who was playing injured as well. OBJ's out. Think about how many quarterbacks would have just completely crushed under the pressure. I mean, we saw Peyton Manning against Seattle. That didn't go anywhere. Peyton Manning against Seattle, that was bad. 43-8. to Okay. I mean, that's the thing. Like, that was one of the best quarterback performances we've seen in a Super Bowl, to be honest with you. And, And he did not win Super Bowl MVP. If you don't think that Matthew Stafford is underrated, well, then... Why didn't he win Super Bowl MVP? I know Cooper Cup had a fantastic game, but history would tell you that Matthew Stafford is the only quarterback to win a Super Bowl, throw three touchdowns, and not win Super Bowl MVP. He's also the only quarterback, again, as I repeat myself, throw uh, 50 touchdowns in over 6,000 yards. No one's done that if you combine postseason. No one's done that. Now, obviously, a product of that is the fact that it's a 17-game season now, and uh, they did go to the Super Bowl. But Burrow didn't do that, you know. So it's really interesting. I mean, if you guys want to drop your thoughts in the comments section as to why maybe you think you know Matthew Stafford is so underrated, 
uh, be more happy to answer. Also, be sure to uh, call in if you, if you want to call in. Taking calls, of course. But, you know, for I guess maybe it's just me being overappreciative. But, you know, for an organization that was really dead in the water until McVeigh got there, then McVeigh gets to a Super Bowl in his second season. And you see how close but how far they come. And this guy comes in and he gets the job done in one year with arguably not as talented of a team as the one Goff had. Because I would I would make the argument the Rams team in 2018 was probably the better team. But the reason they would not beat the Rams team this past year that won the Super Bowl, the reason, if they played, is because Matthew Stafford is quarterbacking this one. I mean, there's still people that rank Dak Prescott have Matthew Stafford. Dak Prescott has not gotten past the divisional round. I remember the big talking point was Matthew Stafford was 0-3 in the postseason. That was fun. That was real fun because the Saints game, like I said, four touchdowns, team gives up 45 points. But that's all Stafford's fault. On the road, you score four touchdowns, you would hope to be at least in the game. Not losing 45-28. to 28. But anyway. Then the second game, you know, you look at the Dallas Cowboys. Everyone talks about that game. The announcers from that game talk about it. There was a call that went the Cowboys' way that should not have gone the Cowboys' way that really cost the Lions that game. And then game number three, they played in Seattle during the Legion of Boom era. And... His running back was Zach Zenner. So, I mean, this guy has literally tried to do everything possible in situations he's been placed in. It hasn't always been pretty either. But I've I gotta say, I'm I'm really impressed with what he's done over his career, even before the Rams got like even before he went to the Rams, like, I, I don't know. I just, I really like what he's done. And that's, that's really my thing. Is that it's just gotten to the point where, you know, is this a Rams thing? Is this a Stafford thing? Is this him being the number one overall pick? Is this him being gifted Calvin Johnson? What is it? What is it against this guy? I really want to know. Because I I do not get it. No one has given me the answer. So, you know, the answer I seek, if you will. I watch a lot of football. I do a lot of different scouting and, you know, watching all 22. I watch plenty of film on quarterbacks. There's a lot of great quarterbacks in this league. I just, the things Matthew Stafford does just aren't, they're not coached. You either have that or you don't. Like, you can't learn the instincts that Stafford has. Instincts are instincts. They just come with you. Like, that's really kind of what I'm talking about here. So, I don't know. I mean, what, what do you guys think? Leave it in the the comment section if, if, you, uh, if you want, but... I just, I don't understand, again, like, I'm just, I'm just trying to make sense of it all. Like, 
part yeah and you know obviously people listening are like well you know you're a rams fan this is a rams podcast so of course you're gonna be pro stafford but let me just be honest with you and you can believe me or you cannot believe me it does not matter but i'm going to be honest with you right now and tell you i've been a fan of stafford for years it's not just because he's on the rams i was wondering the same question living in upstate new york getting lions games more often than not seeing stafford you know and just watching him operate like, it's always been Stat Padford. It's always been he can't get the job done. But then there are excuses made for other quarterbacks. Like, that's the thing. Why, why are other excuses made for other quarterbacks, but Stafford didn't get any of those excuses made for him? And obviously, he, he wouldn't want it that way. You know? He, he wouldn't want any excuses made for him. But still, like, why is that the case? You know, I, I just, I don't know, man. It, it's definitely gotten to the point, though, where you're like, okay, so we're really not going to, we're not going to give this guy any credit. Yeah, maybe when he wins this year, uh, they'll, they'll start giving him credit. Or... Who knows? Maybe when he wins, you know, the year after. Would three straight Super Bowls finally give Matthew Stafford the the credit he deserves? I mean, it's really, it's just gotten to be that point where it's like, what, what more does this guy have to do to get the top tier recognition? Like, honestly, guys, and try to understand where I'm coming from here. I understand Tom Brady's considered the GOAT by many. He has seven Super Bowls. You got to give him his props. But, like, the, the idea that, like, Tom Brady, because of his career achievements, <clears throat> when you're doing a 2022 ranking, and this guy's going to be, like, 45, and he's put ahead of Stafford, and you have Burroughs put ahead of Stafford going into year three. Stafford beat both of them in the postseason when it mattered, but... Rest assured, that would be used against Stafford. Like, the idea that, like, if he lost in the playoffs, we would not hear the end of it. What about the fact he beat Kyler Murray? Like, we're still going to hear about Kyler Murray and everything. We're still going to, like, there's still people that think he's better than Stafford. There's people that still think Dak is better than Stafford. There's people that still think Herbert's better than Stafford. I'm being serious when I say that there are people out there, and I don't just say people, because obviously with any topic, you can find an outlier, any topic. There's somebody out there that has no credibility that's a fan that has never watched a Rams game and would say Stafford's the worst quarterback of the league. But that's not what I'm talking about when I say people. I'm talking about people that actually have credentials, and it's kind of disappointing that with people with credentials, people that have, you know, a reputation and they say some of the dumbest stuff and they have some of the dumbest takes when it comes to this quarterback. And then, you know, a guy like say Dan Orlovsky speaks up on it and he calls it out and he's considered a homer because he's friends with Stafford. But it's like, does it make you a homer if you're right though? Like, think about that for a sec. This is a Rams podcast. 
I'm a fan of Stafford, have been since before he joined the Rams. And I cover the Rams. And I'm a Rams fan. So there's some bias there, you you would think. But does it make me wrong that I believe Stafford's a top five quarterback? No doubt. Because, I mean, in reality, the statistical output last year would put him in the top three. And then on top of that, winning a Super Bowl would make him the hot name. And as much as I love Aaron Rodgers, and I give that guy a ton of props, he's won back-to-back MVPs, but he has nothing to really show for it aside from his personal hardware. He doesn't have a Super Bowl ring. He has one that he got early on in his career. But he has not won one since. Stafford and Aaron Rodgers have the same amount of Super Bowl rings. That's not talked about enough. And and I know, like, Colin Coward's brought it up. Like, Coward the other day brought up a really good point on the herd, and he was saying how, and again, I like Rodgers, so this is not me hating on Rodgers, but he brought up a really thought-provoking point. If the the roles were reversed, does Stafford only have one Super Bowl in Green Bay? And you could tell me 100% that, Jake, that you're out of your mind for even entertaining that, but here's the thing. Peyton Manning is probably the greatest regular season quarterback of all time. If not him, it's Aaron Rodgers. But Peyton Manning and Aaron Rodgers, they couldn't really get the job done when it came to the postseason. Peyton didn't win a bunch of times. Tom Brady won a bunch of times. Aaron Rodgers did not win a bunch of times. Tom Brady won a bunch of times. Eli Manning has more Super Bowl wins than Aaron Rodgers. Would you take Eli Manning over Aaron Rodgers in a regular season game? No. Would you take him in the postseason? I still don't know about that. But he still has two Super Bowl wins. That came on his arm. Obviously, the defense helped. But you see where I'm going with this. So, Stafford, what isn't discussed is that the whole year, this guy literally didn't throw an interception in the fourth quarter. The whole season. I mean... He had by far the best statistical output in the fourth quarter of any quarterback. So it's just weird to hate on a quarterback to not have him in your top 10 when he won a Super Bowl. And it's not like this guy is like Jimmy Garoppolo. He's not a system. Matthew Stafford can be the system. He's not a system quarterback. Matthew Stafford can literally be the system. The system can operate around Stafford and not the other way around. So that is really the funny thing to me because it would, if it'd be one thing, if you know, you were like, Oh, choke artist, Matthew Stafford's back. But this guy, the reality of it all, he makes something out of nothing more often than not. And there are a lot of quarterbacks in the league that simply don't have the clutch gene. They don't step up when needed on the level Stafford does. I'm just saying, and it's really funny because if you put like prime Todd Gurley in this offense, Stafford would be the best quarterback in the NFL because Stafford has already shown you he can put up top three numbers without a running game. I mean, the offensive line too, at moments it was good, at moments it was not so good. 
Stafford got hit a lot at the end of the season, pressured a lot. His play never wavered, though. Like, did he have a bad game here and there? Sure. <clears throat> but he would still keep fighting. And that that three-game losing streak, most quarterbacks would have just completely lost it. We've seen it before. The NFL is really brutal. You have a, a losing streak, and all of a sudden you develop bad habits. The bad habits continue to, to haunt over your season. And then all of a sudden, now you're playing Week 17 when you thought you would be in position for a bye. Instead, now you're playing to make the, you know, make the playoffs. And on top of it, now you have to pray that other teams lose for you to get in. That's what happens with the league. But the way, you know, Stafford bounced back for the three-game losing streak to the Titans, the 49ers, and Packers, well, this shows you the type of quarterback he is. At any point, that could have flopped. Any point. But it didn't. So, you know, I do think that's that's something that has to be, you know, he, he has to get credit for that. Simply put, he's got to get credit for that. And, and, you know, the top 10 list, again, like I said, Stafford's in the top 10. But the idea that he's not in the top five because they put Joe Burrow in there and Tom Brady, I don't know if I agree with. I really don't agree with Joe Burrow. But I'm also not a fan of making lists going into 2022, going into 2023, going into a season based on long-term accomplishments. Like, Russell Wilson's 33 years old. He just had his worst season last year. I understand he's with the Broncos, but there's no reason for me to expect him to be a top-five quarterback this year based on last year's production. Like, we need to focus more on, like, last year's production, I think, when we're doing these rankings. I mean, and, and some of the rank. I mean, obviously, the rankings were done by players, coaches, and executives. So, you could say they know more than you and I, but... The guy who had Stafford list outside the top 10, though, I would love to have a conversation with that person. I'd love to hear their rationale behind that. I really would, because I, I just, I don't get it. I, I really, <clears throat> I really don't get it. Um, you know, I think when you, you look at the division, now that Russell Wilson's out of it, you know, now you just have Stafford, you have Trey Lance, you have Jimmy Garoppolo, whoever starts there, I think it'll be Lance in uh, San Francisco. Um, you know, you have all those guys, right? And then you have Kyler Murray. Well, Stafford's clearly the best quarterback in that group. Then you look at the NFC East and you got Dak Prescott, you got Jalen Hurts, you got Daniel Jones and Carson Wentz. Stafford's clearly better than everyone in that group. So then you go to, you know, the NFC North and you're like, okay, Aaron Rodgers, argument there. Kirk Cousins, he's better than uh, Jared Goff, very much better than, and Justin Fields, better than. Okay, so then you're like, all right, NFC South, you got Tom Brady, argument, right? Falcons, you got Marcus Mariota or Desmond Ritter, rookie. Uh, I don't know about that one. No. So then you go to the Saints, you're like, Jameis Woodston is interesting, but no, he's not better than Stafford. And then the final one there is Baker Mayfield and Sam Darnold. No. So Matthew Stafford is a top three quarterback in the NFC at the worst. Then you go to the AFC and you're like, okay, AFC West, Patrick Mahomes. Eh, I think there's an argument there. 
I obviously I don't ha- I don't hate the idea of Patrick Mahomes being better than Stafford, but I also don't like how it's like automatically assumed Patrick Mahomes is astronomically better than Matthew Stafford. Um, let's not forget Patrick Mahomes folded against the Bengals. Matthew Stafford beat the Bengals. Um, so there's that, and then you have Justin Herbert, who's never been in the playoffs, who's some people already rank ahead of Stafford. And then you have Derek Carr, who I really like. I think he's underrated, but he's not better than Stafford. And then Russell Wilson, who's not better than Stafford. So then you go to, you know, the uh, the AFC East. <clears throat> I love Zach Wilson. I think Wilson's going to be in for a really good year. Wilson's not better than Stafford. Josh Allen, I think, is better than Stafford. Josh Allen, to me, is the best quarterback in football. But if you think they're equal or if you think there's an argument there, I think that's fair. So... Now you have, there's your top five right now. Mahomes would make it, you know, top six. So then you have the Dolphins, Tua Tagovailoa, no. And then you have the Patriots, Mac Jones, who's promising, but no. And then you have the Colts, who, Matt Ryan, I like Matt Ryan. I think he's going to be in for a good season this year. He's not better than Stafford. Trevor Lawrence, no, not better than Stafford. Ryan Tannehill, not better than Stafford. I mean, there's, you see what I'm saying? There's just so many different guys. So, like, when you go through it, like, Lamar Jackson in, you know, Baltimore, I think, deserves to be in the conversation. Burrow. But that's a top 10. Like, how do you rank Matthew Stafford outside of the top 10? Who, like, who are your top 10? And Nolan, I see that you are in here. So, feel free to unmute your mic whatever you want to give your thoughts. Cause man, I, I don't understand it. Like I, I really, I've been talking about this for a while. What's going on, Jake? <laughs> What's up? What's going you know on, how man? I feel about this topic. <laughs> man, you know, it's, I, I would say this, I ain't mad at the rankings that I've seen, but outside of the top 10, I'm, I'm not rolling. I'm not rolling with that. I, I need to see the arguments for that one. Um, Especially when we talk about every every narrative that was placed on him from the second that the trade happened, you know, it was it was Subola bus, Subola bus. It was all the pressure in the world. It yeah, was, well, this guy never won a playoff game. I mean, you know that everyone started to act like McVeigh and Snee were out of their minds for this move. I, I we all saw it. It was like you you. You get rid of JG, and their and their way of paying it, he took you to a Super Bowl for a guy who never won a playoff game. It's like they wrapped everything up in just that little bit. No, 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 no breakdown of the history of his career in Detroit or anything. And I know a lot of us had to debate a lot of different people throughout the offseason about his time in Detroit, even with Detroit fans. Oh, and, yeah. <laughs> and it's like, and when you debunk a lot of these points, it's just like, okay, after a certain point, you expect them not to be repeated so much. That's what I'm tripping off. I'm still seeing people use, like, all the all the all the stale narratives at this point. And I'm just like, bro, we've heard all of these. 
Oh, I know. I, I heard by, by October, I heard all of them. Give me a new one. And it's like, how does a Super Bowl, when our entire argument was that if Stafford finally goes to a team that is well-built like the Rams, it didn't have to be the Rams. Like, if you like Stafford, like, if you were like me, Nolan, I like Stafford before he was even a Ram. And my argument was always, like, if this guy goes to any team that is well put together, has a, you know, an actual vision, has an established offensive line, weapons, and a defense, like, he's going to thrive. And right. his first year, what do you know, with all the pressure in the world put on him, people, even in the Rams community, who are like, we just traded for Goff 2.0, not realizing that he's literally astronomically better than Jerry Goff. He's so far above. It's like... And- he wins. That was that that was the thing that bothered me, and it's not. And I always say it's no hate to Jared. It's none. I defended and rode for Jared as long as he was in the horns. Even wanted to see him do way better than than he did in Detroit last year. So it's no it's no hate, and it's like. But I don't, I don't, I don't. I just I I when people just genuinely lie, it's just like hold on, man. We should, we just gonna lie and. <laughs> I my um I don't think I ever told you, but my partner, my partner's my homie, one of my closest homies. He's from Detroit, so he's a, he's he's from there. He's a Lions fan, and as long as I've known him, at the from since they drafted him till till the Rams traded him, I had to defend him. I had to defend him, and that's the funny thing about this because. Everybody's like, you know, when everybody has these uh, these takes, I'm like, bro, I done heard all these opinions before. I've been defending this dude to a guy who's a diehard of that team. And I've been telling him the whole time, like, bro, we're not going to act like uh, he's he, early in his career. He, he was early in his career. Had the inconsistencies. We know that. Yeah. But, but. And you know it was like, oh, and people would say, "Well, you know they 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 make it they they paint it as well." Megatron carried him, you know what I'm saying? And then when you when you when you when you when you check the data and you go into the analytics, you see that oh no, he improved as a quarterback after. And having Caldwell there changed how he played completely, and and I'm like. Just and, and and just you know for years, like I said, debating with my partner and trying to trying to get him to be like, not to be so like, you know, uh, it's hard to lose. I get it, but I'm like, I can't put all the blame on his plate. It's not all him. And I, I always tell him, and I and I, it's something I always say. I said, bro, whatever, whatever you think is the issues, it started the top. I said if the, if the if the front office ain't ain't moving correctly, it ain't gonna matter what's happening on the field. I don't care how talented you are, it's not gonna work. And I said for years, they've they they've never. I said they've had certain years where they've had the talent, and then you you have the injuries, X Y and Z, or you have the Dallas playoffs. We all know what happened with that, but it's not it's not it's no context to that. It's just he lost. Yeah, it's, it's painted as he lost. He didn't show up. That's what it is. 
I'm like, I watched that whole game. <laughs> My well, bro remember that game. He he brings that game up to this day. That's the one thing he will say. He said, no, we did get robbed in that. And then, and and I was like, I was telling him, I remember we was talking, and it was right before it was the 2020 season. He was saying, man, we need to trade him. And I was like, are you serious? He was like, yeah, we just need to trade him, dog. It, it, I just don't see it. I don't know. I don't know what else we could do. Like, and I said, man, if y'all trade him, bro. I'm gonna tell you this: it ain't gonna be. I don't know who you got in line and step up after him, but it ain't gonna be. It ain't gonna be good. I'm like, you're not gonna have half of what you have right now. And it's just crazy that my team <laughs> is who traded for him. And that was the funniest thing because my phone blew up that night when the trade happened. And he was the first one. He was the first one to hit me up like, bro, seriously? I was like, man, I don't even I don't even know what to say. But just back to the whole everything we heard and he showed up. I remember I remember the talking heads telling us they didn't trust him going into the playoffs. A lot of them said it. And it was like, okay, I hear y'all. I, I remember vividly Stephen A. saying, I trust Kyler Murray more than Matthew Stafford. Oh, yeah. And I'm not going to pile on Stephen A. because throughout the season, you know, uh, he wasn't saying a lot of wild takes. You know, he wasn't saying a lot of wild takes. But um, even if he didn't pick us to win and all, I don't really care about none of that stuff. But he wasn't saying a lot of wildness that I was seeing everywhere else. You know, week to week, it would just get out of hand. We all saw how it was in November. And we all know what happened in November. We we seen it. And But I feel like he got penalized for November, and they ignore the postseason. They act like the postseason was November. That's how they talk about it. And you're like, yeah, he, yeah, we've seen it. it. They hit a wall. It's context to that, though. He brought it up in that, uh, uh, what's the, uh, what is it? Behind the Grind or whatever? I, f- I forget the title of the series they got on the Rams channel. But he mentioned it in that. Oh, it was yeah, like, you, 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 you lose Robert Woods. Then you go through this whole COVID situation. They didn't, they didn't practice for half of those games. They doing Zoom, they doing Zoom meetings in the, in the middle of the season. Tuesday night football. With everybody Tuesday out. Tuesday night football. With everybody out. You know what I'm saying? Arizona game. Half the defense gone. We got we got we got Kareem Orr out there. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like no Ramsey, no Higby. And it's like, but none of that stuff gets brought up. We don't get applauded for that. Well, they don't get applauded for that. And it's just chalked up as oh, they are a super team. He had a super team around him. It's like, wait a minute, bro. I've seen this team have to go through everything from November to December. And to me, it had to happen that way because they needed they needed that extra adversity. You you can't be a champion without none of that. So I'm just like, man, and don't get it twisted. It was rough seeing him play play those those games where he was having those pick sixes and all that. A lot of them was miscues, a lot of them was just somebody made a great play. That's what it is. So, but I never lost faith in it. 
You know what I'm saying? I never lost faith in it. Like, oh, he he's not the guy. It's like you just it's a rough patch. It happens. It happens. Look at I mean, Mahomes had a rough season to start off. He was going through a he had a rough patch and everybody was like, What is going on with Pat? Like, what's is he good? Like, is he hurt? What's going on? He got and the way it. he ended his season throwing that ill advised interception to, to cost him the Super Bowl. I mean I forgot you know, about that. <laughs> yeah, but, um, so I was going to like, bring up two things real quick. Um, one, welcome, uh, Rams Beat. I know you're dying to talk. And, and two, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm going to give you the, the floor in just a sec, but I want to give a shout-out here to Kong, who has been here from the get-go, so really do appreciate that. And I just noticed the comment. I, was, I just wanted to highlight it. Your thoughts on Rivers' comparison, good numbers on one team, go to another, try for a Super Bowl, and failed. Has Rivers gotten any excuses for not getting a ring in San Diego? I think this is really well put, and I think this is really why I think Stafford – like we talk about now, like Rivers is a Hall of Famer, right? Like people, when they mention Phillip Rivers, it's like only good things. It's like he's a Hall of Famer. But with Stafford, it's like we're not really appreciating what he just did. Like it wasn't – the Colts were good enough to potentially win a Super Bowl. I'm not saying they were on the Rams level, but they were good enough. If things went their way, they could have done a Cincinnati Bengals the year they had Phillip Rivers. They didn't they get it got done. hot at the right time. Yeah, yeah. So they they didn't get it done with Phillip Rivers. Simply put, and like that that's a really good point, Com, because you know Stafford got it done, and it's almost like he doesn't even really get the credit that you would think he deserves. But I'm gonna hand it over to uh, Ramsby. Thank you so much for joining uh, the Colin Show, man. Hey, what's up, y'all? Hey, appreciate no, no. I was loving Sean's point. Loving listening. I had a little bit of a, a connection issue there, but um. So yeah, no. I mean, I think that I've thought about this a lot too, like most Rams fans have, and I think that it's you know there's like at least four reasons um you know to answer the question. Obviously, the there's a few obvious ones. Um, obviously, you know his his time with you know without making the winning a playoff game in Detroit, and you know there's. A lot of narratives about, um, you know, you know, a good, great quarterback will elevate the team and this and that. But you know, you guys covered that. We all know what what was going on over there, and I think most people do. Um, and, and so that was that's number one. And then number two, you know, like okay, then we came and joined a, a uh, you know, an established franchise, um, and versus the Burrow situation where he kind of came when they were building it up and kind of gets a lot of credit for raising that franchise up out of the ashes so to speak and um you know uh, where Stafford is more like just kind of put him over the edge I'm do a Super Bowl Stafford won the Super Bowl you know so what I'm and I'm this isn't my opinion I'm just talking about narrative and um you know and then there's the the other thing is the you know there's in comparison to some of these new guys whether it be Burrow or, or you know some of these kinds of guys it's like those they're so new that you know, there's, there's, you can, it's easy to, um, it's easy to guess at what somebody's going to be like when they don't have a track record. So it's like, okay, they can, uh, you know, it's a blank slate. Everybody can have an opinion. And so, yeah, those guys have a ton of upside. Don't get me wrong, but they obviously, you know, I mean, Herbert hasn't even been to a, a playoff and, and, um, Burroughs, you know, a little bit more accomplished than that, but still. So I, I think those are the main reasons. Um, that, you know, he hasn't gotten the credit. But my question to y'all is, uh, you know, both Jake and Sean is, 
like where would you put her? Where would you put um, Stafford right now in the rankings of the you know the the start of the quarterbacks in the league currently? Like if you had to if you had to put him in in a number. Well, and that's a really good question. I, I think you know right off the rip, I, I have Josh Allen at one. Um, I do think, and kind of the argument I was making is like what Colin Coward was saying. You know, I think Stafford is the better postseason quarterback than Aaron Rodgers, just based on what we've seen, and um, I think that's fair. You know, um, but I think Aaron Rodgers as a quarterback is still better, so I'd have him at two. Um, I think he's better than Brady at this point. Look, I think a lot of people are going to put Brady ahead of. Stafford, but Brady shouldn't be ahead of Stafford going into 2022. If you're doing an all-time ranking, yeah, Tom Brady's ahead of Stafford. But right now, I saw better stuff from Stafford at the end of the year, and I saw Brady kind of... I mean, the Rams game, he looked pretty bad. And then he came back, but they were gifted four turnovers that you, you just don't see four fumbles out of this team. So it's not that I think Brady isn't a good quarterback, but the idea that he's automatically, you know, near the top because of his, you know, career accomplishments, I don't think that's fair. So if we're talking about 2022, I have Allen at one. I have Rodgers at two. I think Stafford surpassed Mahomes this year. I really do. And I'm a big fan of Mahomes, but I think Mahomes has an issue that no one is talking about. He is way too casual. He's become way too casual with the football. Just way too casual. Like, he's on Cam Newton level now. I mean, you saw him in the postseason. There's no excuse for them to have been throwing a bomb to Tyreek Hill in double coverage. A guy who's 5'10", to throw a jump ball in double coverage to Tyreek Hill. When you have the ball. Like, you can drive down the field. Like, the game, you decide. You, you control your destiny. They didn't need to do that. Mahomes was way too careless with the football. So I think Stafford's three. You could argue two. But I think Stafford's three. And then, you know, Mahomes is probably four. Brady is arguably five. But, you know, I think then you have to talk about Lamar Jackson in there. I think you you do have to talk about Burrow and Herbert. And I don't know if I'm putting Russell Wilson or Dak Prescott in the top ten. I really need to see more out of Prescott. He hasn't gotten past the divisional round. And, uh, you know, I got to say, looking at, uh, you know, uh, Russell Wilson, if we're going into 2022, Russell Wilson does have the whole thing. He's going to the Broncos. But are the Broncos a better fit than Seattle? The Broncos have a better offensive line, but Seattle has better weapons. I don't know why everyone's trying to make Jerry Judy out to be like he's the superstar. Jerry Judy was incredibly disappointing last year. We just pinned it all on Drew Locke and forgot about that. But Jerry Judy was not that impressive last year. Then you have Cortland Sutton, who has had two major injuries in his career. And you trade away Noah Fant, which that was genius. I I mean, I'll be honest with you. I think the Broncos are getting a little overrated. And I'll say this right now. You know, Lamar Jackson not being in the top 10 is almost as bad as the hate that Matthew Stafford, in my opinion, still gets. Yeah, I was, I was surprised. Whole, Sean, I'll let you jump in. I just want to just, uh, but no, hey, Jake, I think that there's a whole nother uh, show here for the NFC West and a whole nother conversation 
um, you know, about uh, Seattle and then, um, you know, bringing uh, uh, Wilson into the into the picture with that whole that whole conversation. But no, that's a that's a good topic. So uh, um, go ahead, Sean. Yeah, I just want to say that. I w- I was I would say first off I was surprised Lamar didn't make it. They didn't have a minute. Um, I f- I felt it. I, I thought you know I thought he would be in it. I was like I said I was surprised he wasn't in it. Um, as far as Stafford goes, man. Um, last year he was six, and that was like that was like a hot take having him six. I remember people. Um being like, he's over Dak, like, they were shocked. <laughs> and I didn't see an issue with that. I was like, I think that's the right, that's the right, right, right spot for him. Um, and for me now, I would say he's no lower, no lower than five. I would have him no lower than five. Um, that top three, you know, is, it's a, it's a coin flip, I, I would say, uh, Mahomes, Rogers, Allen, it's like they fighting for that, you know, that number one with me. Um and nine falls right in right after them. Uh Brady, Brady right there. But uh and after that, it's kinda like I don't have Herbert and Burrow that high because they're they just they building they they building their name to me. They not they're not there yet. Like we we we're seeing special things from them, but I'm seeing them in top four and five, and I'm just like, bro, what? How are we getting here? Like, Burrow being five bothered me. I'm not gonna lie about that. That bothered me because I was like, if Stafford loses the Super Bowl, he's not gonna be five. Yeah. I'm- well, and also Nolan, I didn't realize Stafford was six last year. So it's like you're yeah. telling me he didn't level up at all this year. Uh, yeah. You can't even give him the fifth spot, at least like. So they're also yeah, it was clearly just, trying to push Joe Burrow as the next Tom Brady, which is the most ridiculous thing ever because Joe Burrow was literally the number one overall pick and Tom Brady was one. Yeah. Yeah, and Brady didn't have no personality like his. This be like I don't get what they're I don't know why they're trying to like force that. Like let let Joe have his own his own sauce. Like he don't even remind me of Brady in no form. You know? I think now Brady and I think Tampa it's kind had of similar to Stafford, honestly. I ain't even think about it. I, I I look at Josh like that when I see Josh, he remind me. Of, well, jo- you know, yeah, but- yeah. Josh Allen is like, you know, if you could put together like the perfect built quarterback for today's league, Josh Allen's it. But like, he also has a lot of Stafford gunslinger, and honestly, yeah. people forget how mobile Stafford was. And I'll even make another point. I was watching uh, the '99 season of the, the, the Rams, because you can find a bunch of games on YouTube. I'm watching yeah. the Ravens game. And, man, you know what doesn't get talked about enough? Kurt Warner's mobility outside the pocket. He didn't do it a ton, but when he got yeah, out Yeah, he was there, moving in it. Yeah, he was moving around in that game, for sure. Yeah, like, and no one talks about that. Actually, like, you know, obviously, if people were just playing Madden, they would think that Kurt Warner had no... Like yeah, man, how you fool! Like, <laughs> <laughs> but, man, how you think is he? He ran a fifty-five speed, like for real. But yeah, but honestly, yeah, he moved. Like, yeah, I, Kirk I see move. some Kurt Warner and uh, Josh Allen, Matthew that Stafford, and Bilber. I can see that. I can see that. You know, I can see that. Yeah, Josh has a lot more. Um, obviously. Uh, you know, uh, scheme runs and, you know, so forth in this day and age. But, you know, one of the things that's going back to Stafford, 
one other thing I didn't mention was just to be fair in the conversation, like, you know, he was up for an MVP. Um, we all remember, you know, the first, uh, you know, several weeks of the season, right? He was in the MVP conversation. And then he went into the November swoon with the, with the pick sixes and, and so forth. And, you know, I call it, you know, good, good staff, a bad staffer, good staffer. And, you know, it, like it's pretty predictable what we, what we got was, you know, from coming from Detroit with Stafford, you know, all he, all he, he had to force the ball. He had to swing it. He had to, you know, be a gunslinger. He had to, um, to, uh, beat play hero ball because he was always behind or, or if yeah. he wasn't behind, yet, he was going to be behind. And so it was, it was a uh, high risk, high reward kind of a situation. And, you know, he did that for 12 years. He also had that great fourth quarter comeback, um, capability and game winning drive capability, which he showed last year as well. So that was the good staff that we got. But the bad staff that we got was that 12 years of ingrained habit of, of, you know, playing hero ball. And we saw that emerge. And eventually he realized that he didn't have to do that. You know, fans were screaming it. I'm sure the coaches were talking to him, the players and everything else. It's like, no, you don't have to do that. And so it's kind of like you had mentioned before, Jake, about Mahomes getting loose with the ball. And that's kind of how Stafford had played before, you know, but they had, they played it for two different reasons. You know, Stafford played it out of necessity because he was, he was always behind and his defenses weren't ever, you know, that great. Um, yeah. but Mahomes played it because he got away with it on a great team and it never affected him. And then last year, kind of, you know, they came back to the league a little bit and it started to affect them and, and teams were steaming up against them and stuff like that. So, um, and then he got his act together too with me, you know, in the second half. It really started to ball out and, um, you know, almost made it back. So, yeah, it's interesting to see these two guys and the similarities. But when a guy gets it in his head that he's got to play hero ball, it, bad things happen, um, especially when you're on a good team, whether it be Kansas City or the Rams. I'm glad you brought that up because that is a very, very valid point that – and I and I the game that I saw it and I was like he's not used to this, he's not he's not he's not settled in yet. It was the Titans game when he threw that insanely bad pick, and I was like that is the most Detroit thing he's done this year with us. <laughs> like, and I was like, hold on, I, what, is he okay? Like, he didn't need to do that. And as it went on, he had those moments, and it was like, like you said, a hero ball. That was a that was one thing I argued so much last year with people. I said, "Fam, Hero Ball doesn't win." When everybody would say, "Well, he wasn't successful in Detroit. He had all these weapons," and I said, "And guess what? Hero Ball didn't win. It didn't win a thing." So what did that tell you? It's good that for approach- fantasy football, <laughs> right? Yeah. It's amazing for fantasy football. It may work for Madden, but in real life, no, it don't work. Man, it don't I, work I in was- the NBA. I was laughing at those folks that would pick like a quarterback in the second round. I just snagged Stafford in like the thirteenth round and he'd be top ten every year. <laughs> be like I'm playing chess over here, you guys are playing checkers. Like Right. <laughs> this four D chess is getting getting y'all out the paint. And you know, um somebody I remember seeing somebody uh somebody was saying something, but it was it's it's to that point though that he had to really he had to get comfortable and say you know what I don't have to do everything 
I, I, I can handle the offense. Yeah. I don't have to worry about everything. I don't have to worry about all three phases. Just worry about the, I have Aaron Donald. I'm okay. I'm okay. So it's like yeah. it's you know it, it's still, I feel like he had to go through that. Like he started off that way, and I feel like he was you know playing playing the right way, and he was you know like I say he was going to be on a he was on an MVP you know uh, uh, you know kind of a season in the beginning, and then but. And then all of a sudden instincts took over, you know, and I say, I don't know if it's instincts per, as much as it was just something that was ingrained in him. And, um, and these guys have, you can think it all you want, but you have two and a half seconds or whatever it is back there to make a decision. <laughs> and a lot of time instinct takes over or at least, you know, uh, trained behaviors. And um, he started throwing some bad balls. Like you said, starting with Tennessee and, and then, uh, and then they, he finally shook it off and then they went on the winning streak and the Super Bowl run and the whole, and the whole thing. And he stopped throwing those, um, those balls and he was checking down and he was taking sacks and he was throwing it away when he needed to. And so if he comes back with good Stafford without bad Stafford next year, like it's going to be, it's going to be pretty sick because I not only have that extra year of experience with those receivers and the, and the McVay offense. And, um, taken to the next level, but and all the confidence and comfort with all the people like he's, you know, out of his words, like he talked about. But if he can shake up, he can just be comfortable making those good decisions, taking sacks, not a bad thing, throwing it away, not a bad thing, checking down, not a bad thing. Then it's uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be a good year. Yeah, I agree. Because no, you you think and it, the thing that I was excited about him when they when it, when the trade happened, I always said is I know that the guys believe in him. I know that they they trust that even if he did have those picks, they know he gonna pull us out the fire. And he did it. You know, he pulled us out the fire. That that game in Baltimore was rough. It was an ugly win. But you you gotta win ugly sometimes, you know the the. Me and Jake always joke about this, but you know they always uh, <laughs> they always paint the Rams as like this glamorous team that is you oh, know God. they're like they're like Glitter TMZ. <laughs> <laughs> they're like TMZ and you know like we you know like we uh. Like, like they're like the Kardashians team or something. Like it's just like, bro, they're they're so far from that. But yeah, like Drop House in the Hollywood Hills and in Malibu. Yeah, yeah they yeah, actually yeah. don't resemble L.A. at all. If you really, they they're it. really low key. That's the funny thing about it. All Matthew that other Stafford stuff is, is the most low key quarterback in the NFL. Right, right, and it's just funny. Like, um, so when. When the, when the struggles was happening, it was, you know, the word soft got thrown around a lot. You know, oh, they're too L.A., they're too soft, you know. They're, and those type of that wins. That one guy in Good Morning Football. I, I'll oh, yeah, get that Kyle. It's just like they're just glitter and Twitter. I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> when they lost to the Niners, I was in, I was I, I could have thrown my TV off the, off the roof. But, <laughs> yeah, you, tell know, me I, I, you know, Kyle Brandt, you know, Kyle Brandt's background, right? He used to be the. Um, like the producer or whatever, the guy behind the scenes on the Jim Rome show forever. So that guy's like all about the smack off hot takes and stuff like that. So oh, yeah. I don't think 
Yeah. He was also, uh, was he an actor in like soap operas or whatever? Yeah, I think he had some of that stuff. But in sports wise, <laughs> he's best known for being Jim Rome's uh, behind the scenes guy, you know, for, for years and years. But Cause, anyway. Because he was the first guy that was like, this trade is stupid. He was just like, I don't understand what they're doing. This guy hasn't won. Like, he was mad. I was like, why is he so fired up about this? Like, well, it was, it was, he's the guy who had the whole chain thing. Remember when they were picking their team? So at the Super Bowl. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. He put the Rams one. He's like, I can't do it. I'm going with Burrow. I'm going. Yeah, with I've seen that. He's like, I, the, I the expected Rams that, are, though. Uh, the Rams are Bengals, like Rob Parker. And he's like, I'll just take Joe Burrow. I'm like, that didn't literally answer the question, but okay. <laughs> like, Joe Rob Parker's a moron. Players, Let yeah. me say that too. I, I, he's a moron. I want to. I want to be. I want to be quoted as saying that Rob Parker's a moron. Um, yeah, they they you know Jake. They all hit the line. You know, well the Rams are clearly they're 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 deep at wide receiver. Their defensive line is at at, at an all time <clears> high. <throat> Jalen Ramsey's the best corner in the league. Cooper Cup is the triple crown winner. Uh, offensive player of the year, da, 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 da. but I, I just can't pick. I just can't go against Joe Burrow. It's oh like, how can't God. you? He's never been here. What do you mean you can't pick against him? Like, what are you talking about? I know y'all didn't even watch him at LSU, so why are you saying this? I know, and, and, and you know, wait until you you see the reaction of people when you're like, hey, did you know Joe Burrow actually started at Ohio State? And they look at you like you have five heads, but uh, bro, they they think you're lying. They think you made it up. It's like no, it, it's it happened. It's not as funny as uh, if I know one thing, <laughs> I, <laughs> I I do not bet against Tom Brady. Uh, but, and then like you brought up on the show, you're like, well, all right, I want to know how much money these guys would bet. Like, what are you throwing a forty dollar bet on? Like how, yeah. how much money? <laughs> this eight dollars and forty five cent parlay you talking about is not that stressful, bro. Like, stop it. Like, what are y'all talking about? I mean, and oh. I, those were the funny. I had so much fun during the postseason because the narratives just had me cracking up, and I I just didn't engage because I was like, they're gonna win. I don't care about none of this, and you know, it was funny in the Discord because they was getting they were getting really a- agitated those two oh, weeks. Yeah. Those two weeks with the media just like painting them as a Cinderella story and just making us to be out like like this like <laughs> like we're the stars. Cowherd loves Brady and he picked the Rams and he's like, I guess Tom Brady's gonna you know be the one to to save the day. He's gonna pick off Matthew Stafford. He's gonna catch touchdowns from himself. And he's like, <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I thought it was one of the best uh, skits Colin Cowherd has ever had. It was so spot on because that's the way the media made it sound. It's it like did. the Rams can go out there and they could have 52 out of the 53 uh, compared to the Buccaneers. They have 52 better players, but they have Tom Brady. And that was like literally the argument. That was, it's like, er- man, it was why, so bad. Why are people tuning into your show if they're trying to get informed and you're just giving them regurgitated crap like that? You know what I'm it saying? It was so. It was. It, it, they really showed themselves to me. Well, let's that's, talk that's about what that. tripped me out about. You know, it. Let's. I mean, you, you know, I, I'm. A, I watch Colin, and like he's, you know, he has some takes and this and that. But what I'm really realizing is with spaces and with all this, you know, sort of more 
um, you know, uh, call it content creators like you, Jake, and, and other people that are, you know, professional content creators that really, 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 fought, you know, hone in and follow, like, you know, with you with the Rams and, and now you're getting into the Jets and, and your other stuff. It's, it's like there's a way better content from these, you know, from content creators that are, that are serious. And I'm really, yep. it's just, it's, I, I can't tell you, even on spaces, like the USA Today guys come on and they'll do a space and I'll be like, oh, this is great. I can go talk to them. And it's so disappointing almost every time. And you get guys like Damian Woody or whatever who come into the Jets Lounge, which is, you know, one of the best, if not the best, you know, kind of leading brand for spaces. You know, you've been on there, Jake, you know, uh, with Ray and the crew. But, oh, they're great. Um, yeah, they're great. They're like the leading, they're like leading the way and, you know, early on i know it's very early in the whole thing but they're like you know professional and everything but damien will come on and it's so funny to listen to him because he'll start out in his espn speak very pc very generic same stuff you hear on his takes on espn and then somebody will say something and it'll get him like out of that mode and he'll just start going for it. I'm like, baby, yeah, this is what we need. Woody, we need this real talk from you. Like he'll go unfiltered and then he'll catch himself and he'll fall back in. But <laughs> we just need more of the unfiltered stuff and whatnot. But um, just going back to what we were talking about earlier about, you know, the Rams not being a reflection of the team. Um, I got, I got lucky enough to talk to, uh, on a um, on an athletic, uh, the athletic uh, space. It's their version of the space is live chat or whatever they call it. Um, on the uh, eleven personnel thing, and um, I talked to Kevin Demoff, and um, oh, I got nice. to ask him some questions. Yeah, so I got to ask him some questions, which was cool that they had him on there. And that's the other thing great about spaces and, and that kind of live chat and this kind of call in and whatnot is that we can, you know, have access to some of these guys occasionally, but. So I asked him, because I'm all into team build, I'm all into windows, you know, well, winning windows, and that, that's kind of my thing. I'm a, more of a, I'm a huge Ram fan, don't get me wrong, but I'm really more into the, you know, the bigger NFL picture and what makes this stuff work and how you can you predict who's going to stay in a window and this and that kind of thing. But, so I asked him about it, so then I team build, and was it a, was it a, uh, a were they setting a trend, like the Matthew was trying to say, but... Rams are setting this trend and team build strategy. He said, "Not really." He said, the, "He said this is what was, this is what I'm trying to say." He said, "Teams are generally a reflection of their cities. The Ram, the LA is a star-driven city, and we're a star-driven team. So I don't think that obviously we know that you know Cooper Cup and Aaron Donald and these guys aren't these flamboyant, you know, Joe Namath's of the world or, or Burroughs of the world. You know, they're not that flamboyant kind of a guy. Um, but what they are is, is they're stars. And so, you know, he said that the teams generally are a reflection of the city and that teams, whether they intentionally or unintentionally do that, build the team that way, um, it's because that's what the fans appreciate. So I, I, I found that extremely interesting that you could get a guy like Kevin Demoff at that level to admit that. Um, and uh, I don't know. I just wanted to get your take on that. Yeah, it's it's really interesting. Um, you know, I mean, I guess that's why the Browns went out and got Johnny Manziel because it shows how chaotic they are. Uh, you know, I mean, 
oh, this boy. is all over the place. But no, uh, you know, I think <laughs> it, it, it's really interesting because you do have in L.A., which is like this big city. And, you know, everyone just associates L.A. with like Hollywood and like just like, you know, the paparazzi and all that. And it's like if you think about it. Two of the most low-key quarterbacks in the NFL in Justin Herbert and Matthew Stafford reside. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And then with the Giants, I mean, I know Zach Wilson is, uh, you know, the, the biggest thing since sliced bread right now. I'm glad I got on that train uh, before it left the station. But, you know, um, but I mean, Zach Wilson and Daniel Jones really aren't like they're not like a Baker Mayfield. They're not like nah. Joe Burrow. They're not like in-your-face type guys. And so it, it's kind of funny seeing them play in that New York market, you know, because it's like Daniel Jones, when they drafted him, I was like, Daniel Jones does not feel like a New York quarterback. Like, I feel all. like he, he's like Geno Smith all over again. Poor guy's going to get eaten alive. Like, I just didn't – I didn't see a fit there. Um, yeah, he didn't fit at you know, all. He still like, don't fit me. You know who would be really good uh, with the Giants, I think, is Justin Fields. Like, I feel like if Fields went there, I think Fields would be ready for that, like, that market. Like, Fields feels kind of, like, big time. You know what I mean? Like, some guys do that. Some guys come out of college and, like, like Fields just went right. He shot right from the hip and he, like, came out and he's, like, first preseason game. He's like, oh, this is easier than I thought. Like, man, this is this is slow. This, the game is is not fast for me. Like, it's so easy. Now, he got his bell rung the next game. But you get what I'm saying. Is that yeah, he came yeah. In with his confidence. I like the, yeah, I like the confidence. Like, Daniel he felt, Jones. I felt like they were going after, like, and they were trying to, with, with Jones, they were trying to get the next Eli Manning. Like, obviously, he wasn't, mm-hmm. you know, really flamboyant and everything. Socially awkward. Just, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Really, I mean, back in the day, I mean, gosh, he's come a long way to be able to do that Monday Night Football thing with his brother, but obviously his brother leads it, but he's doing a good job coming out of his shell after the NFL, but yeah, no, the Giants had never been that way. They've been the more stayed, you know, um, you know Bill Sims, they had, you know, the, all those guys are, uh, but, you know, in terms of L.A., like, I think what Demoff was saying is, is like, we're not, you know, it's not necessarily the personality of the players. It's just we're going to go, we're going to load up our team with stars in terms of football. Like, you know, obviously Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey and Matthew Stafford and Cooper yeah. Cup and Leonard Floyd. And, you know, we're going to get these guys and, you know, they had by far the highest percentage of snaps by Guy by veterans, you know, making over 15 million last year, and it wasn't even close. 24% of Ram snaps last year were by guys making over 15 million um, AAV, and um, and they, they were the only team that had uh, fewer snaps than that um, from guys from veterans um, under 15 million, and it was 18%. So the next closest was uh, some of the top teams were um, Kansas City. They they were, but they were inverted. Like they still had more snaps by uh, mid-tier guys than, than top guys. So that was the idea was is that the Rams were top heavy and bottom heavy. And um, Demoff also interestingly admitted that, that they do not have a middle class. Like they are affording their middle class of, of contracts, which is that veteran, veteran intermediary contract. And so um, that's their team build strategy. And it's interesting that, um, you know, he was literally going to come out and say it. I think, I think, you know, 
people, the star driven thing is they're they're aware of it, and that's the thing that I always <clears throat> appreciate about this this team with this with this front office is the awareness. Like they know where they're at, they know it, and it's 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 not even thing that they're that they're trying to compete against the other teams and their legacy. They're trying to carve theirs. And they're doing it like I, I like the fact that they're doing it in a, a unconventional way. The, the that gets these like talking heads so triggered and so like frightened. Like I'm always gonna bring up Tannenbaum's little segment on the get up because he act like they were like committing war crimes or something. It was just like this is just this is this is not this is not normal what they're doing. It's just, it's reckless. Like he was, he, he made it seem like it was like the <laughs> worst thing ever that they traded for Stafford for the, with those picks and that amount, you know, that haul. And I'm just like, yeah, who cares? Like in my head, I'm like, I just seen, I just seen Aaron Donald not be able to play against Green Bay. You think I care about those picks right now? Like do what we need to do so we can get this chip. And, you know, the stars, a lot of the, the stars are homegrown. Yeah, we they bring in a big name, but a lot of the other guys are homegrown. Or there were guys that didn't get the proper, they didn't, they didn't pan out properly where they were. That's the fun thing about this team, too, is, like, they grab up guys that people just throw away and be like, oh, he ain't got it no more. That's what they did with Leonard Floyd. It's like, ah. That movie doesn't even – I remember PFF was like, that was a waste. Fast forward, he's a Super Bowl champion. I will I, I will admit, I I did not like getting rid of Corey Littleton and getting Leonard Floyd in his place. Now, but, I like Corey. Yeah. I definitely miss Corey. I mean, Corey you know was what I'm saying? one of my all-time favorites. I, mean, I like Corey. see this guy. He comes from the Pac-12. Uh, they have this weird graduation rule with him, so he misses all of minicamp. He misses all of OTAs, and he barely gets in the preseason. And this is the year they draft, you know, a quarterback number one overall. And the rookie of the year voted on by the team ends up being the kid that missed pretty much the whole offseason and was just thrown in there in the preseason and eventually started at the end of the year. Like, to me, that is that was just awesome. I was so yeah. happy for him. And, you know, and – it's like, like I said, man. I don't, I don't. <laughs> the way that they're painted is 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 funny to me because I, I don't see, I don't see how. I feel like they're trying to force hate on them. You know what I mean? And it's like, I see it with other sports. Mm-hmm. Like now, it's if the neck if the Knicks go out and they acquire Donovan Mitchell. That's a Rams move. I literally saw that. <laughs> now, now it's like it's different. Yeah, it's like the hate kind of flipped. It was like, oh no, that's they're they're going all the way in all the time. Like you had, you had the Rich Eisens and people like that that were like, no, I like I like what they're doing. You know that that were that gave them praise for it. But Rich the, Eisen's hardly ever like wrong. Like even like, right, when he's wrong, right. like he doesn't come off as like a pompous ass. Right, so like, and he'll and he'll admit the 
you know, like, oh, I had to change my mind on that one because of new information. Like, his Kyler Murray stuff was fantastic, though. That that whole rant. He's like, you're letting this kid who has not even played three years in the league dictate your entire franchise. He was going off. And I I would say that, too, about Cowherd. Cowherd can give you some wild takes. He'll jump on the limb day to day. He'll, he'll, but I would say when, like, with new information, he'll change his mind. So, you know, I remember throughout the season, he was kind of like, I don't like this version of the Rams offense. It's not, it's not what I remembered. It's no misdirections and all that. And when he said it, I was like, what are you talking about? But then that Titan game happened. And when McVay didn't, didn't just say, you know what? We can't, I can't force the empty set tonight. And he was, he was, he was, he was just sticking with the game plan. I was like, ah, this is what Colin's talking about. And, and Colin was one of those that was out on the limb saying Stafford isn't going to be the savior for this team. And we know how much Cowher likes this team in front office. He keeps a Ram on the show every every other week. Oh, so, yeah. When yeah, he said that, him. when he said that, I was a little taken back. I was like, wow, I don't I don't think that we, we thought of it either. We're not looking for a savior either. And but. When he's seen what he did in the postseason, we saw he did in the fourth quarter. He's been all in since then. And it, it was just not even funny. It was like, huh? So that's you had to see it. I get it. I get it. But um, and not to go on a tangent about the media, but yeah, oh god. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I'll 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 yeah, I'll ruin your show, Jake, if I if I talk about Rob Parker. Um so but the the like you said now is it's the Rams move when someone someone makes a, a a this massive trade it's a Rams move and it's like it like happened overnight because when that when that Tyreek Hill move happened and he had the press conference later he said what the Rams said after them picks yeah and it was just like everybody is like well, you had other teams league. so you're right it's copycat league and. You know. Everyone's with the everybody's like everybody got their their little photo of their guy with the F them picks and I'm just like long as y'all know who the originators are, I don't really I don't really care about that. I ain't gonna gatekeep <laughs> the phrase, but long as y'all know who's doing it. And yeah, the thing that got me was that about the you know, talk about the media and stuff, um is I'm super frustrated with those guys too, because that you know there was that the whole the whole narrative that the Rams are all in, they're pushing their chips all in, like it's do or die, Super Bowl or five. <laughs> oh, that's that's the thing that I'm with because you know what if if you just say okay hey they have a new strategy it's top heavy bottom heavy no mid you know or very very few middle um, tier deals and whatnot. That's fine. It's like, okay, they're doing something different, you know, and they're doing it to an extreme that maybe hasn't been done. But to not take the time, that the fact that I, you know, could, you know, an amateur Rams fan could figure out the strategy and what, what, what they do to, you know, with their, with their positional values of putting stars there and, and surrounding it with later round picks and being willing to trade, trade trade away first and second rounders to get those strong players there with Stafford or Ramsey or whatever it is. And even to fail at it a few times, I mean, with, with obviously the, the, 
you know, Gurley signing and the Goff signing and then to basically make quick adjustments. Cooks was a little, you know, was a little different. And he was, you could make the case there, you know, yay or nay, but they still moved off of him. But the point is that it's a sustainable strategy. It's like we're mm-hmm. gonna fill our, we're gonna fill these top high leverage positions with top three guys in the league and pay them whatever it takes and trade for them whatever it takes in terms of picks. And then we're gonna also, you know, draft and, and get compensatory picks because we can't afford to re-sign our guys. And that's what I think pissed most people off is that there's this you know one of those old belief systems that. You build from within, build from the draft, re-sign your own guys, coach them up into your system. And the Rams were like, no, we're getting four years out of our rookies. Most of them, if not almost all of them, aren't going to get re-signed. We're going to get top picks, you know, in the third through eighth round, third through seventh round, and then, you know, rinse and repeat. And, you know, that did not sit well with the traditionalists, including the Tannenbaums of the world. Yeah. It didn't. It ruffles their feathers. And I love it. I love it. Because I'm like, we, we, when anytime somebody name hits the market, our names pop up first, even though we don't need that position. They're like, oh, the Rams in play? You're like, no, we don't even need that. We're good. Like, we, we, we're not in play. But that's where it's gotten. Because I remember last year when Julio hit the market. All the bets was like, yeah, I think the Rams are going to snatch him up, and we're sitting here like, we're we got we got Djax. I don't think we got no room for him, really. Like, we how much he costs? Yeah, we're not. We ain't got nothing for that. <laughs> we ain't got no bread for that. And but it's just even even Kyle Shanahan said it. He was like, I was expecting him to come to the NFC West. Honestly, I thought the Rams was going to make something happen, and he'll be over here. He was like, I'm glad he's not though. And that <laughs> just that's but. That's the thing, and it's like it, it, it's. I, I look at it like, man, the old way didn't work for this for this organization. The old, the traditional way didn't work. It didn't. They tried that. They did that in St. Louis. There were and Rams it, fans that wanted to trade Robert Woods and Van Jefferson for Julio Jones. I want to point that. Yeah, out. I yeah I I yeah I almost blocked those people, but the Rams um, almost did that. By the way. Per source, they gotta relax. <laughs> yeah, I was, like, relax. I was like, I, I want to give them props, but I still, in the back of my mind, knowing that I'm still scared. They have to relax sometimes. They have to chill out. I love the devil. They they're they're chaotic sometimes, but I'm they, they I'm all are. for it. They, I'm all for it though. Like not like that, but yeah, yeah, I'm all for it though. And it's like I, I was I was thinking to myself the other day. And I was like, yo, we had lost the game. And we 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 were seven to one. We give on and we lost and then we got OBJ. It's like you don't make a move just after a loss like that. That's just like it's like you did like you're aware of the loss, but you're like, ah, we got Vaughn, right? What else can we do? OBJ's out there, why not? It's like nobody yeah. else is gonna do that. Well, I remember that day because in the Discord, everybody was worried. Everybody was like, man, Green Bay going to get him. And then they saw the list of the teams that was he had to clear waivers through for. It was like, man, we ain't nowhere on that. I said, bro, ain't I nobody going to get him. Yeah, you called it on JE. And I was in there like, at my, my cousin, he showed me the little list. 
He was like, yeah, man, I think he might end up on the on the Seattle Seahawks. I was like, <laughs> I said, I said, Cuzzo, you know who we are? Are you you really gonna send me that? I said, watch, watch what happened. I said, just watch what happened in the next few days. Don't worry about it. And we was in a Discord. And when everybody was worried he was gonna go to Green Bay. And um I said, man, they're not gonna close the deal. And I remember typing that and putting it in. I was like, they ain't gonna close the deal. Watch. A few hours later, they put out the whole, oh, yeah, we, you know, we tried to get them, but, you know, it, it didn't work out. And I said, see what I said? See what I said? I said, where you think he's going now? And we all know what happened after that. Yeah, so but, that's a, and oh, I'm yeah, not gonna act like I predicted it. A lot of that, think about that. Like, a lot of it is, these guys who obviously was, you know, essentially cut and, and then these guys get a say in where they go. And it's like, you know, when you're a team like the Rams, they want to be coming there. Right. And so you get guys like that, that can make a difference. And um, you get a guy like Deshaun Jackson and then, but he thinks he can influence the team and then they let him go. Like people, I mean, I don't heard very many about him. Like if that guy had his head on straight, I was at that Tampa Bay game in week three with my son. And that, I mean, that dude was lighting it up. Like, he should have had another long touchdown. And Stafford underthrew him just because he didn't expect him to be so far out there. And uh, he just, you know, so, like, and then he, you know, the first play there early on in the second half. Um, So, but, like, I mean, people forget about that stuff. These guys want to come there because they know that they're going to get, they're going to get play. And um, mm-hmm. you know, OBJ, it's interesting to think, and I haven't really heard a lot of talk talk about this, but like obviously everybody knows they signed OBJ before Woods got hurt, right? Like a couple of days before Woods got hurt. Like, what would have OBJ's role have been if, if Woods had not gotten hurt? Like, that's pretty interesting to think about, and how would the dynamic have played out? So that you know, that's something to think. Yeah, about. Yeah, and that, I was thinking about that too because I was like, we really didn't get that. And I'm I'm a, I'm still tight about it. I'm not too mad. We are champions, but I I just wouldn't. Have, I, I know we would have been crazy on offense. Like, oh my god, bro, that in the Super Bowl, man, come on, man. He was ready to go off in general. So if we had Woods, yeah, okay, y'all would have picked the Bengals, really. I can't believe y'all. But anyway, um, <laughs> I I I. I think, um, I think, I, I just, at times, man, I just think about certain moments in the season because I'm like, man, like, it was, it was, <laughs> it was a roller coaster, man. I remember people having a meltdown about Kenny Young being moved. Like, people were like, what the fuck? What are they doing? <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> was, I mean, even before the season, everyone's like, we don't have a deep threat. We don't have a deep threat. Oh, uh, you know, I still joke about that now. <laughs> I just, I think it's so funny. The second pass of Matthew Stafford's career with the Rams, and he just throws this bomb to Van Jefferson, who falls down, gets back up, and just runs for like twenty yards and gets the touchdown on uh, Sunday Night Football. It was just, it was so funny to me because as soon as I like first, as soon as I saw that play, I was like, "We're winning the Super Bowl. Everything is like I'm convinced." My first thought when they acquired Stafford was the Rams were going to win it. And then I saw that, and I got greatest show on turf vibes. They weren't anywhere near as good as I expected them to be, but that they were still very good. And uh, the second, 
then I was like, all right, now that I got Matthew Stafford out of my system and like, you know, how great he is and, and it, how like the whole I told you so is and everything. Uh, I went after the people that were like, yeah, Van Jefferson isn't a deep threat. Remember, I made two separate videos. Yeah. One, one that was just a talking head video where I just basically told everyone my thoughts on why I thought it was a deep threat. But two, on top of that, number two, I made a video showing you how he's a deep threat. Like, I literally broke down his tape. And I still have people saying, nah, dude, he's not that fast. I'm like, he ran a 4-3. No, he I'm didn't. Like, yeah, did y'all watch him at Florida? Terrible. What, what I, are y'all talking about? He ran faster than Denzel Mims and Devin Duvernay. I was literally at the Cedar Bowl. I watched them run. Like, you know what I mean? And they're like, well, he wasn't at the combine. I'm like, I know. I'm telling you stuff that you wouldn't have known. (laughs) 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 I know he wasn't at the combine. I'm informed. Can you listen? (laughs) I was like, that's why I paid on my own dime to go to the Senior Bowl and do this because nobody else in, like, Rams media was covering the Senior Bowl. This is why. Because, like, when I went there, I was like, oh, Van Jefferson runs a 4-3. And people are like, telling me i'm wrong i'm like no no i just saw the zebra thing like they had the the zebra thing to decide how fast guys were mm-hmm. and they were timing them and i went over to the scout that was timing van and uh denzel and um you know devin uh, duvernay of the the ravens and keep in mind denzel mims runs a 4-3 at the combine and now every rams fan and their mother is like oh he's six foot three and he he runs a 4-3 and I'm like, man, I was telling you, Van Jefferson's six two, and he runs a, a four three. He's a better route runner, and he's a better blocker. And no one wanted to, you know, believe me because they didn't see it on their TV screen, you know. And yeah. I was just like, I'm telling you. And then Nolan, as soon as the combine ended, uh, Jim Nagy of the Senior Bowl, like the head of the Senior Bowl, like PR and everything tweets out the numbers and he's like van jefferson ran the fastest time at the cedar bowl and people are like sending it to me like yo did you see this i'm like i told you this (laughs) i've been screaming this for weeks now i have six videos on it i I, the podcast i broke it down what is going on that's (laughs) bruh i swear i swear sometimes you just be like Am I am I just talking to myself? Like, <laughs> does everyone think I'm crazy? Like, what's happening? I and see people I, in my live streams, but are they just like, are they bots? Yeah, are these real? Are these real people? I don't think they are. Yeah, I know. And, 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 and just the Rams love those pro uh, those senior bowl guys, right? I mean, that's their mm-hmm. bread and butter, right? Why well, I started going there, you know, because yeah, no doubt, well, no doubt. I went you there, knew. you know, because it's a huge networking opportunity. So if you're trying to break into you know, this industry, you want to go to the Senior Bowl. You want to go to the Combine. You want to go to the NFL PA game. You want to go to any of that. Um, but, yeah, like, when I went there, like, I keyed in on Van Jefferson. And fun fact, and I, I think I've, I've told this many times in the live stream, but in case you haven't heard, I had an interview with Van Jefferson set up. Uh, so, you know, after I got him after uh, practice, and uh, we were going to do the interview. We went off to the side. And I was literally recording this. And you could hear in my recording before someone takes him away. 
I'm sorry, I have to take him away for NFL Network. I'll give him right back. Nope, never saw him again. <laughs> oh, man. Next time yeah, I saw Van Jefferson, it was weird hordes. <laughs> <laughs> hey, sorry, I, have to keep, uh, I, I can stay. Uh, I, I don't have to keep mute now. I, I, I just got a new puppy, and uh, my girlfriend wanted a puppy. I didn't want one because we travel a ton. And so I said, I finally caved in. I said, but if, if, if we can get a puppy, I get to name it. And she's like, okay. So the reason I had to keep muting was I was playing with my puppy outside. His name's Cooper Pup. Oh, I love that. Great name. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And I got within the next couple of days, you guys, I got a custom uh, dog jersey, Rams, custom uh, Rams dog jersey, number 10 with Cooper Pup on it. And I can't wait till it gets here. It's any day. And I'm going to put up a Twitter, like a, you know, a Twitter, uh, account for him and some videos and stuff chasing little uh foam footballs that i got i bet you he'll get like ten thousand followers within like 24 hours <laughs> it, took me, it, took me, it took me a year to get three you know uh 2600 hey i was a little worried you were gonna say uh he got the the super bowl uh patch and everything because i was gonna absolutely lose my mind no one knows yo that's a great idea jake i'm gonna get a super bowl patch and sew that thing on myself you should and, uh, yeah no that's a great idea i'm gonna be taking all sorts of uh yeah he's a little baby dog like a little shih tzu like a, one of those little miniature things and uh and oh, yeah. uh but yeah he he loves, I'm teaching him to go after, like, I rub those foam footballs, those little baby things, in a, uh, in some, like, uh, um, you know, uh, some sort of a bacon flavor or whatever. And man, he goes, he goes after it. So, uh, it's pretty cool. I that's literally, that's, 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 that's literally dog work right there. Shout out to yeah, Coach Haney. Right, right, yeah, that's right. <laughs> so anyway, sorry, sorry for the uh, digression. That's why I kept having to mute, and and uh, he was uh, he, he's still in baby phase, and he's eating my leg and whatnot. <laughs> nah, you good, man. You good. I was I was hey, just going to add. Are you on Twitter? Yeah, I'm on Twitter. I didn't I'm know if Twitter. I followed you or not. Give me a follow. Yeah, we got- I'll follow you back. I don't want to talk about Twitter on Colin, but I just wanted to follow you. Okay, I got you. I got you. Um, that 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 uh just that just adding to the deep the deep threat stuff. Um, you know that was a talk all off season. We get Djax, and uh my my nephew uh he he's a Cowboys fan, so he hit me when we got Djax. He was like, man. He gonna get hurt by week four. I was like, look, bro. I said, look, man. I said, look. That's a low risk move right there. He gonna step in. We need some speed. It's cool. I ain't really, I ain't worried about all that. And I was like, we keep dudes healthy over here. We straight. We gonna be all right. So, um, so, uh, you know, when, like you said, a Chicago, the Chicago game, that, bro, I've watched that play. I've watched that one drive, I don't know how many times, because, it was like we waited for so long to see him on the field. We couldn't wait. It was like we got Stafford. Like I'm gonna be honest, with you. like it was weeks into the season before it really hit me that he was the quarterback. I watched all these games, all these numbers. You know what I'm saying? But I'm still just like, we have Matthew Stafford. What the f- like? What is happening? This is this don't add up. 
But I'm I'm not mad at this, at this math. But that play, bro, like I'm never gonna forget that because I'm literally like walking into the living room, and I'm I'm just like getting ready to sit down and you know what I'm saying see what we see what we got on offense and it's the I see Hendo and I'm like okay all right we we doing the doing the normal one too and then the then you say it's a bomb and I'm just like. The game just started. <laughs> I was like, I'm not used to this, bro. Like we <laughs> we usually build a drive. Like, what's going on? And my phone blows up after that play. Everybody's like, yo, y'all got y'all quarterback now. Like, and it was so funny. I remember talking to my cousin and his sister and them, and they was like, He's way better than they said he was. And I was like, Yeah. I know. I know. <laughs> they was like, I know he's in Detroit, so people don't didn't see him. But yeah, like, why was he there so long? He should have been last. And it was just like, look, we ain't gonna get in all that. I'm glad he's here, and yeah, we about to go crazy this year. And <laughs> just you thankful know, he's here. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'm just glad. I'm just glad he's here. And uh, you know what, too, man. I I remember when that Peter King article came out. You know Peter King do his little Super Bowl predictions and he stuff. He had the Rams go to the Super Bowl. Every time he picks us, we go. So when he picked us, I was like, "Oh, you can't tell me nothing now. It's destined now. It's nobody could tell me different, bro." And I was like, I said it all year. I told everybody, I said, "We have to play in our building. I don't care how we get there. We have to play in our building." We, that no matter what, <laughs> we have to play in our building because I'm not watching the Super Bowl if it's not us. I told everybody, I said, I'm not watching it if it ain't us. I'm dead serious. I'm going to act like it ain't even happening. And, you know, it happened. But I remember a partner and they was talking about Aaron Donald and how how just excited he was about Stafford. And that cemented it for me. Like, once he was, like, all in, I was like, yeah, we going to go crazy. Because he didn't – no, no, no knock to golf, but I don't remember him ever being like that with golf. No. And, and – He was a game manager type. I mean, he, he had some, you know, he had some flashes here and there. But once that – once Gurley went out and that and the defense is caught, caught up to McVay's system, it was lights out, man. I mean, they, they Fangio'd. You know, <clears throat> Belichick yeah. Fangio in the Super Bowl, and that, but that's it. That's a great story in and of itself. How that set off that whole course of events with, with McVay seeking out Staley to get that yeah. guy in that system, and that was the Staley was the first one off the Fangio three, and now there's a bunch of dudes, and it's a like that whole two high star thing, and, and um, you know, Ben like kind of a thing, it, it, you know. But, and yeah, I'm, that's a really, that's a great story in and of itself. But, yeah, and, no doubt. And, and just, like, and just hearing the other guys, you know what I'm saying, just talk about, like, Ramsey talk about them. And I was like, because, it, 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 like I said, it was just different with golf. And it's not a knock on golf, but it, it was a different, like, feeling of belief to me from them. You know what I'm saying? Because those are the captains. Those are leaders. And if if they if if, if QB one ain't so to them, you know what I'm saying? It's like what what can you really say to that? But that ain't what happened. It was the other way around, and 
man, I remember I, I remember just reading all them articles and 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 because the thing is, AD ain't a very big vocal guy. He became one this year. You know, shout out Devon for yeah. doing that, unlocking that that new potential. You know what I mean? You, it's like he gave AD the uh, ultra instinct. It's like he was already Super Saiyan God, <laughs> and now he's got he's got ultra instinct. It's like <laughs> who cares about Jiren? So, um, but yeah, like him expressing that, and being like, "Man, like I'm so glad you're here." Like, and it's like that's why when the whole stuff about him retiring, I was like, man, he just got a quarterback. I don't feel like he going nowhere in no time. So, I, I mean, he want his bread. That's about this. That's about it. But I feel like he's all in because we, we got nine now. And I don't know, man. It's just like all of, that's the stuff that I pay attention to, man, because I say this all the time, like going back to something that, that LAB said, you know, the independent media for the Rams, a lot of us go to that before we go to mainstream. I know for me, that's how it is, because I couldn't, we won't own TV a lot. They didn't really start talking about us till 18. So, you know, or when we when they hired McVay and being like, is this a risky move? And, you know, he's 30. Why are they hiring him? That was the only time I saw, <laughs> saw TV. So, but other than that, you didn't get rid of no real coverage and you know, downtown Rams and Rams House TV and all these guys, Rams talk, all them people just putting on content through the years when everybody won't pay no mind. That stuff, we needed that stuff to really learn about our team. And it's like, that's why I just look at at, at how the difference and the, how they're depicted within the independent and the mainstream. It's like, bruh, it's like, it's like night and day. And I'm just like, man, like, I laugh at when people, uh, you know, they hit you with the same old talking points, bruh, because I, I trip off it, especially on Twitter, because I'm like, bruh, I've heard this one before. Give me a new one, man. You think I ain't argued about this seven months ago? Like, they come at you with their laundry list. And it's like, well, hey, I got a laundry list of my own because you made it so easy. I have yeah. stats memorized. I have accolades memorized. I literally have everything memorized now because I've I talked about all so that. Much. I have that stuff bookmarked. Like when people, when I, like when people are like, "Oh, Stafford went zero three in the playoffs." So first off, now that no one is going to say that, and if they do, that's funny. But anyway, first time he was in the playoffs, he had four touchdowns, three passing, one rushing. He scored twenty eight points for the Lions. They lost forty five to twenty eight. Maybe if their defenses give up forty five points, he wins. The second one. There was a bad uh, call that gave the Cowboys the game. Everyone knows that. And then the third one, I mean, what else do I have to say? Zach Zetter was his running back. Yo, that when you put that in the Discord the other day, <laughs> I almost passed out. I was like, wait, who? I don't even remember him being on the field. Oh, like, yeah. Yeah, he, he was a starter because Reggie Bush was like, he got hurt. That's what happened. Okay. Because I, I remember Bush didn't play. But I didn't know. I didn't remember who Bush is the it. only thousand yard rusher that Stafford's ever had. And I told my boy that. I told my boy that because he he's been he's been he's been he's been complaining for years for a running back for years. He was like, "Bro, if we just give him a running back, he might be okay." I was like, "Yeah, but 
Yeah, they're ten and one when a running back goes for a hundred yards in a game with Stafford. He's ten and one. See what I'm saying? It's just like like the all Rams, the things. That's the thing that's funny. The Rams gave him everything except for a running game. They're twenty fourth in the league, and Stafford right. still. I mean, think about this. The Rams had one of the worst running performances, rushing performances, in the history of the Super Bowl. Like, that was bad. Yeah. They averaged, like, not even two yards a carry. And yeah, but that, wasn't, that, that, wasn't because, that wasn't because of the running backs. Like, we all know that, right? Yeah, we, yeah. Was, it won't, yeah. We all look at that film, and we all, you know, anybody who looks at that all 22 and stuff, dude, there were guys, some of those offensive linemen, like, Allen and some of these dudes were like complete on those zone run scheme that they run outside zone run stuff. They were completely misreading and these guys were flying through the Oh yeah. Through that yeah. Line. It was like those guys, you know, Akers and Henderson and Sony didn't get any carries, which was, uh, which was disappointing, but, or, you know, or very few, but, um, yeah, they were they were that was not on the running backs as we all know. I mean, that's the other yeah. thing is that I don't yeah, I don't blame them. But the line was to definitely to blame. Cuz the mean, that was the line was too cuz then yeah. they're, they're like, yeah, we're going to pay Brian Allen even though he almost cost Matthew Stafford his both his legs. Yeah, I was Man. not a fan of that signing. I I was I was all for letting him go and getting a comp pick and but they like him for some reason. So I mean, you know, in, in uh you know, in uh, You notice they don't like the maulers in the trenches. They like guys that are more, you know, nimble, you know. And I like the maulers. That's why I feel like Bruss is oh, gonna I'm be a mauler. Man. Yeah, I feel like Bruss gonna be a mauler. To yeah, me. Just, just give me like Remember Harvey Dahl? Just give me five Harvey Dahls on an offensive line, and I'm happy. Man, yeah, cool. it's kind of a hard. It's kind of a catch twenty two because you want the Mauler, but they're better on gap, and and you get guys with more mobility. They're better on zone, and yeah. that definitely, yeah, McVay's definitely that's a good guy. But but you got to be yeah. able to read that stuff. Yeah, I mean, I, I saw a lot of miss miss tackles on. Um, you know, the other thing that happened in that game was that um, like uh, the the tight end. Uh, you know, Blanton and um, Hopkins. And those, those Blanton guys. got hurt on the first drive. Yeah, he got he got hurt, so he was out, and then and then Bryce Hopkins was in there. But those guys missed a ton of tackles. Hopkins gets way too much credit. I mean, he gets a lot. He gets maybe deserved credit for that block on the fourth and one, but he missed so many. But he missed yeah, so many he missed a lot. Game. Like he was whipping, and I don't blame him for it. I mean, it is he, what it is. He got, like, he yeah, he got thrown in the fire. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, he got thrown in the fire or whatever. So you can't kind of blame the guy. But it is, but you got to call a spade a spade. And yeah. Like, they yeah. really rely on the tight end and the wide receivers blocking. And you can see, and go back and look at the all 22. You can see Cup looking at him sideways a few times, like, or putting his arm around him, like, bro, that's your that's your man right there. <laughs> yeah. yeah they, no. They, I, and I would say and, with, uh, what's his face? Um, I think Daryl Anderson was one of the most impressive because for a guy that got so much crap from Rams fans, yeah, this guy comes really in, great. he's got a high ankle sprain. He's not 100%. And he gets four catches for over 40 yards. They didn't really use him in the running game for whatever reason. Um, they didn't use him in pass pro. They should have. They should have. I like, I like Hendo out of the backfield. I yeah, and, and, and Hendo and he's good in pass pro. He's really good in pass pro. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, people that don't think he's going to pass pro just look at the five foot eight guy and assume, well, he can't 
pass protect, but yeah. And that wheel route always worked. I don't know what people are talking about. That wheel route always worked with him, though. <laughs> it oh, never yeah. misses. It never well, misses. That's, that's the thing. So, like, those four catches he had were huge to winning that yeah. Super They extended drives. I mean, yeah, that was, a, that was a big deal. Hey, what? just kind of trying to move on a little bit, Jake. I'm just curious if, if you want to talk. I, I would love to hear your takes um, on, like, uh, Guys that are, you know, we've been talking about for a year or two that are on the roster that could have breakout years. Like, you know, and I'll just throw out a few, like Tutu Atwell, for obvious reasons, you know, got hurt. Um, but our uh, second-round draft pick, Jacob Harris, um, been talked up. Chris Garrett, been talked up. Um, guys like that, you know, guys that you think, you know, maybe are going to get a shot this year that, that might um, make an impact. Yeah, so so I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna wrap the the show up and then I'll give you guys okay. your, your final stuff. But, yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I kind of you know it's funny. I think we got really hyped and our I me included uh, with Jacob Harris's measurables and just like the potential there. But I think they're gonna go really really conservative with his approach. Like I, I think they're gonna really just try to hammer out him on special teams, develop him on the side, maybe throw him in and, you know, you know, goal line packages and things like that. But this is not somebody that I expect to have a major role this year. Like I'm looking at Tutu Atwell. Like this guy's going to have an opportunity in the backfield. He's going to have an opportunity in the slot. He can play on the outside. And I don't think that that's actually like a, a fair thing when it comes to him. It's like everyone just wants to, you know, they, they always compare him to Tavon Austin, but he's he's better than Austin at getting off the line of scrimmage, first off. Um, you know, press doesn't beat him. Really, nothing beats him off the line of scrimmage. Like, if you really – you go back, you watch his Louisville tape, the only thing that held him back was Malik Cunningham. That was his quarterback. So, you know, I, I think – Ooh, it, Malik Cunningham. Ooh. Yeah. I think Ooh. Tutu Outwell, though, he could sneak up around 500 total yards this year, you know, from the, the rushing and, and receiving standpoint. Um, now, I, I there was this – and it's not really his fault – but there was this like misconception where once again with the Tavon comparisons, everyone just assumed Tutu Atwell was gonna be the returner. He really didn't return in college. Like he wasn't that guy. So I just feel like he kinda got put into this pre existing pod and people got like really judgmental because he the size he was the way he was utilized, not at all in offense, his injury, and then across the pond, not really across the pond, but, you know, like uh, over in the AFC, people are watching the guy that they wanted, Creed Humphrey, you know, dominate for the Chiefs. So I, I think it really was out of his control. And I feel like we need to really redirect that more towards the Rams. If you're upset, be upset about the Rams. Don't be upset at, at, at well. Like, you have guys that are literally clowning him in, in, on Instagram saying, like, he's a bust and everything. It's like, bro, he's on your team. Like, you got to support the guy. He's going into his second year, and he led the entire NFC in preseason receptions. No one talks about that. Yeah, he like, yeah, he's a creep. Yeah, definitely the creep Humphrey curse. Other teams have, you know, talked about that as well. We could have had creep Humphrey. So the Rams aren't the only ones that have had that, you know, that, that, that whole narrative. But 
yeah, he. Yeah, I like. I like the fact that he seems like he has a chip on his shoulder. Um, I think he's going to get some opportunity this year, and uh, and uh, the whole you know, obviously the Brandon Powell is going to be our returner, and that's on, you know sort of in stone. So he's not going to have that pressure on him, and um, he can focus on doing what they want out of the you know in, in whether it be some jet sweeps or whatever you know some screens or or some even deep routes because he's really fast. So um, yeah, I'm, I'm really, I'm kind of, I'm we're pretty high on him this year, and uh, I don't know how many snaps he'll get, but I do think he'll make the most of them. I'm actually working on trying to get you two onto uh, Rams Edge. So well, that'd be awesome. That would be fantastic. Good, good job. Yeah, because he he and I are like we still talk. Um, so you know he came on my YouTube show. Um, so you know at some point I do want to get him on. I should probably get him on before training camp because then it's going to be really hectic. But yeah, I was thinking about trying to get him, Burgess, you know, some of the guys that are in my contacts, and just you know reach out and see. Um, it would be awesome. I, I don't know if it'll happen, but it'd be awesome if Kyle Sloter, my guy, got picked up by the Rams because. <laughs> He'd come on here in two seconds, and you know he he's a, he's a real good dude. Like you know he'll he'll uh, he'd have some fun on here. We I, I think I've had him on probably five times. And the cool thing is with him is that he knows Stafford because he played. You know he was with the Lions for a little bit. He got to know Stafford like the way he operates. You know everything he goes through. So it was one of those things where well you know Sloter was never a Ram. Uh, we developed a really good, you know, relationship, and obviously, you know, we're we're good friends. Um, you know, going back to his days with Northern Colorado, when I reached out about doing a pre-draft interview with him, and uh, you know, then he gets picked up by the Broncos, so he's got that familiarity with like, you know, the Broncos, right? Because everybody was connecting everything with the Broncos and Wade Phillips to the Rams. So, you know, I actually have all sorts of crazy stories, like one where. Akeem Talib literally was like pounding the table to get Kyle to actually start the season when it was uh, between what was it Simeon and Osweiler. So, you know that that was that. I think it was actually just Simeon, but um, you know that that was a fun thing. But then he goes to the Vikings, and when the Rams play the Vikings, I asked him to come on for my Rams Vikings preview because then he gets a connection there where now he's playing on the same roster with Case Keenum and Sam Bradford. So it was like things always kind of worked out in a way that could kind of match up with the Rams. And so I brought him on and he was able to give me some insight on like what it was like being around Matthew Stafford and, you know, what his process is like and everything. And it's just really cool because, you know, he he was in John Gruden's system with the Raiders. So like he knows the Sean McVay style offense. Like I think I think he'd be a really good fit. Uh, I'd go as far as to say if anybody gave him a shot, I think he's the closest thing you could see to the next. I, I'm not saying he would be as good, but if he got a shot, he'd be the closest thing that you could see to Kurt Warner uh, because it's just really impossible to have the type of story Warner did. But, you know, Kyle's has been crazy. He's been on 20, he's been around the league, uh, you know, worked out for 26 different teams. He's been on like eight different teams. He played in the USFL, he won the USFL. Uh, you know, he was, he was in, he was listed as the all pro quarterback there. Um, like he's just done so much. And it, you go back to like when he was at Southern Miss and a lot of people don't understand, like he was supposed to be the starting quarterback. Well, you know, in comes this new head coach, you'll know him as Todd Monken, who was with, uh, 
you know, the Browns. And the dude had no idea what he was doing. He took Sloter completely off the depth chart. And, like, basically, like, Sloter wasn't even going to make the team. And if he was, he was going to be, like, the fourth-string quarterback. So then he moved to wide receiver just so he could get playing reps. And, you know, uh, Nick Mullins ended up starting on that team. That's why I get so bitter about Nick Mullins getting all these opportunities. <laughs> Nick Mullins. Sloter's clearly better than Jeez. Mullins. But then he goes to northern Colorado and, you know, he balls out. And, uh, you know, his pro day, these NFL scouts are raving about him. And this guy is literally throwing in a gym because, you know, the pro day gets basically rained out outside. So he has to throw around in a gym. And they were really impressed with him. And then, you know, he was phenomenal in preseason. I understand it's preseason. I understand level of competition. But <clears throat> you have to understand 11 touchdowns and one interception, you know, I mean, he was really, really good. He had everything you look for in the mobility and the, the arm strength, and the accuracy, decision-making, the leadership skills. Like, the guy, the improvisational skills, the arm action, the, the wrist action. Like, this guy really had a lot. So, it's just one of those leagues, man, you know, at the NFL where there's not a minor league. So, right now, the USFL and the XFL next year are as best as you're going to get. And there's only 32 starting quarterbacks. And when you think about it, this is becoming a league now where, you know, you see what the Rams are doing with Stafford. It's like, even if you get to a Super Bowl, you're not safe. So the young quarterback ecosystem has been pretty banged up over the last few years because, you know, you looked at, you know, the late, uh, you know, Dwayne Haskins, uh, rest in peace to him, the way he was treated in Washington. Uh, you know, you look at Josh Rosen, uh, a lot of, what he did with Miami, you know, he had some really, really, uh, you know, good, you know, throws, like NFL caliber throws, like big time throws, and they were dropped. And so that doesn't go in the stat sheet. And so that that's another guy that got like really, you know, banged up by just what has happened to the, the young quarterback ecosystem. And you just look at these young quarterbacks and you're like, you know, Jalen Hurts is good enough to be a starter in the NFL, but you have people that are literally calling for his head. Gardner Minshew has like 35 touchdowns and like 12 interceptions in his career. And the guy can't get a, a starting game, you know? So it, it's, that's what I mean by that. And, and so, you know, kind of going off on a tangent here, but, you know, kind of wrapping it all together. That's why a guy like Sloter, you know, when people are like, oh, he's trash. He'd be in the NFL if he, he was good enough. And it's like, you don't get it. Like, if you think Sean Mannion is more talented than Sloter. who. I mean, yeah, those guys. hey, guys, I, I apologize. My phone is literally 1%. I'm going to die anytime. I just want to say thank you very much. Great conversation, Jake, Sean, and uh, listeners. And, yeah, it was good good to be here. And uh look forward to being again, be here again next time. But I'm going to – I'm probably going to get booted here in a, within a matter of seconds. So thank you guys yeah, very much. Absolutely. Make sure to spread the word. This will be our uh... – our Rams hangout if, uh, if yeah, out. yeah, yeah. So yeah, I'll just, I'll just, I subscribed and I'll, uh, I'll shoot it out over my, uh, Rams and Twitter and into the Rams, um, you know, the Rams, uh, community and everything else. So we'll try and get some more people in here and, and keep, keep the process going. Yeah. I'm hoping this is, this is going to really take off during the season. Like I think during preseason, I want to do like live versions of these during the game. So no, know. that's great. Yeah. The, the, the yeah. But, but yeah, uh, Nolan, do you have any final thoughts? Um, I'm probably going to stop this. 
Jay-Y. People need people people so, need to stop disrespecting nine, man. That's all I got. That's all I got. Just stop disrespecting nine. We wouldn't have to do these 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 you know discussions. Everything would be cool, man. Don't be putting this man out of the top ten. Or you just seen what he did. All the questions that were surrounding his name, he answered them in one season. It's Back. over with. Do you uh? Before I uh, end this thing, we're almost at two hours, so I'm definitely gonna wait until we hit the two hour mark because that's cool. But uh, <laughs> but um, have you listened to uh, the Beatles song "Revolution 9? Yeah. All right. You know how they're like number nine. Like literally, anytime <laughs> I, I <laughs> anytime I see it's funny. I feel like I mentioned it before on one of my streams, and there's this one dude on YouTube. Every time I I post anything about Stafford, dude, always in all uppercase letters. I know you've seen it before. The guy's like number nine. Yeah, so funny. But God, yeah, so, man. So I'm uh, I'm gonna go live on YouTube. Uh, just gonna get set up here if anybody wants to join me. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm going to a Yankee game tomorrow. Uh, Yankees red. So since I'll be in the Bronx, I'm probably not going to go live on here or obviously on YouTube. I won't get home until like 2 a.m. But uh, Thursday, I'm going on a Jets podcast, I think around 2. And then I'll do a JE Live. I'll probably do another um, Rams Edge. And then Friday, I think I'll do a Rams Edge and a JE Live. And then I think Sunday, we'll do a Rams Edge and a JE Live. Uh, I'll also do a JE Live. Saturday. I want to get back to doing it full time. I just got sick, and you know it's been annoying as hell. Because as you could probably hear in my voice, I'm super congested, and it makes it hard to you know talk as long as I do. So it helps that you guys called in. It definitely, definitely helped out because uh, I cannot carry a full show for two hours <laughs> with the way. Yeah, uh, it's all good, man. It's all good. <laughs> so, all right. Well, uh, yeah, we'll be back. I would say aim for Thursday. And, uh, you know, if you guys, Isaac, I see you, uh, you know, Nolan, and, uh, of course, uh, Rams beat. If you guys want to hop on YouTube, I'm going to go live momentarily, probably just for, you know, 30 to an hour Q&A. So. Yeah, I'll probably be on. I'll be in there moderating. I'll <laughs> yeah. be in there. <laughs> yeah, we, need it. we got some, uh, some crayon eaters. So yeah, bro, I already know. They, they waiting for you to go live. Yeah, they're, they're like waiting. sitting there with like their devious smile and they're like they got the notifications on. They're like folding their hands, like just waiting. Oh, he went live. All right, time to be a uh, uh, Cretan, you know. I don't see the Rams going back to back this year. Oh, here you go. Here goes this guy. He couldn't wait. He couldn't wait. <laughs> oh man. All right. Well, I will see you guys in there. Uh, this will post as a podcast. So Nolan, rest assured. You wanted to get your uh, stuff on the record about, I believe it was Rod Parker. Uh, that is officially going to be on the airwaves. And cool. you'll be able to download this podcast on your phone. And uh, <laughs> you'll be able, if you go to a meet and greet with Rod Parker, which honestly doesn't sound at all fun. Yeah, that uh, sounds like waterboarding. <laughs> That's what that sounds like. <laughs> you can uh, you can show him exactly how you feel about him on your uh, on the podcast. So. I'm I, I, I'll be subliminal with mine. I'll just show up with a nine jersey. That's all. <laughs> Won't even say nothing. All right. Or I would honestly, because I'm just like, I'm condescending when I want to be. I just walk by and be like, it is in like imitating voice. Like, 
I'm just gonna go with Joe Burrow. Stuck Patrick. Oh, you still use that? Oh, oh man, God, there's a reason why ESPN let you go. Anyway, yeah. Um, <laughs> I will. Uh, I'll see you guys uh, then on YouTube. Um, and if I don't see you on YouTube, I'll see you on here next time. But uh, for everyone listening after the fact, be sure to follow me at JK Bogan. Be sure to subscribe to uh, this podcast, Rams Edge with Jake Allen Bogan. And uh, that's going to be it. So appreciate I'll see you guys soon.